I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And now, introducing the reigning, defending, undisputed champions of the world... Your combat sport host, Maddie C, and the Mako Shark. It's time for them fighting words. Hello, good morning, and welcome to them fighting words with Maddie C and the Mako Shark coming to you live on SEN. And on the SEN app, Mako Shark, how are you, mate? Good, mate. I'm feeling really good. Episode three, we're, we're cooking with gas here, Matthew. We've got a huge episode here. Oh, boy. Almost can't keep up with it, mate. We're going to have to go two hours, I reckon. This is incredible <laughs> stuff. What a week it's been for a combat sport in Australia. Oh, massive, mate. With, uh, I guess, the controversy of yesterday and also the, the jubilation for what could have been something really big for our man, Liam Wilson, um, we're going to be joined by his, uh, his manager, Stevie Scanlon, all the way from uh, Arizona on the ground over there that uh, I think at one point would have been doing backflips and cartwheels and then, I guess, uh, a little bit disappointed with how it ended. Surrounded in uh, controversy, Mako, from Plenty. the get-go. There's the, the, the mystery scales, yep. the uh, the 27 to 30-second uh, standing count that he got, which from my knowledge, you normally only get 10 seconds, Mako. Ridiculous stuff, mate. So Ridiculous they've given him stuff. three times. The, they have. So... Yeah, controversy is just what we expect in boxing these days. So it's going to be interesting to get Stevie Scanlon's account over in Arizona now, live the next day. I'm excited to get to that. So we've got a big show. We've got the the legend himself, Sam Greco, joining us too after the break, which is going to be very exciting. I cannot wait to talk to him. One of the most entertaining men in the sport, no doubt. He's got a big week coming up with Jim Crute. So look, no further ado, Matty. Should we just get straight to Stevie Scanlon? He's over in, uh, in Arizona. Let's get to it, mate. Stevie, are you there? How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? We're well, mate. We're well. Look, first things first, how proud of Liam are you, mate? Let's get right into it. Oh, mate. He uh, he made us all proud last night. Not just last night, but all week. He's taken everything in his stride. Um, he, he showed what a warrior he was last night. And it's just so disappointing that we didn't, uh, we weren't able to bring the belt home. Mate, absolutely. Uh, it's Matty C here too, Steve. And um I was at home doing front flips, back flips when he when he hit him with that beautiful left hook and and what absolutely looked like he was going to win the world title and and do something that uh, I guess only one other man had done to Emmanuel Neverate. How I mean, how close was that? And do you think that the controversy around that standing count? Do you think that's that's definitely what played into it, mate? Because it looked looked like he was out on his feet and there was all sorts of. Uh, you know, games and gamesmanships being played by his team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was nearly in the ring. It was that close. <laughs> I, I, I thought, I genuinely thought the fight was over. And then, uh, obviously, from there, a 26, 27 second count was just absolutely ridiculous. You know, it was a veteran move, spitting the mouth guard out. But, you know, Liam did well. I haven't seen that replay in the sixth round, if it was a slip or if it was a knockdown, but it just seemed that everything was against us all week. And 
you know, it was just hard to come back from that after that sixth round. And, yeah, it's just so disappointing. I thought he had it. Mate, mm. I tell you what, I was uh, at home feeding my little eight-month-year-old girl when he hit him with that left hook and dropped him in that fourth round. I got in trouble by the Dala, let a few expletives fly on the couch. I tell you what, I was up. Uh, mate, he was so close. I guess it's so hard to get so close to something he's dreamed of for so long, and now you've got to sit back and you don't have it. Mate, how do you get back oh, on the horse? Right. Like, I'm sure he's still confident. And you take a lot of, uh, you know, take a lot of solace from the performance he put on. How do you, not how do you come back from it, but how's he feeling afterwards? What's his thoughts? And, you know, we've got to get right back to, back on the horse. Look, last night was really tough, really tough, because he put a lot of pressure on himself, mm. you know, with his father and his promise. Um, but, but he needs to know it's not over, right? Mm. Like, that's only the beginning. He, he's, he's made so many more fans uh, moving forward. The opportunities are going to come thick and fast from here. Top rank, want to have him back on his show straight away. So many people fell in love with him. So he, he only wants the big fights. He keeps on saying it. Um, you know, he'll come back to Australia. We've learned a lot over here for the last week. Um, we're very lucky to have No Limit and, and that platform over there that can bring the big fights to Australia because it just makes it just helps so much, as we all know. Um, so, mate, he, he'll have a good rest. He's a little bit sore today and a bit tender. But he'll have a bit of a break, rest up, and and I'm sure he'll be straight back in the thick of it. I'm not sure if you've uh, if you've looked back at the fight and seen how uh, one sided the commentary was from the get go. But you could, all, as you mentioned there, he's won he's won a legion of fans over the and he won the commentators over except for one of them. And his name's just sort of slipped my mind. But as it started, it was all sort of you know all against him and who you know he's had 12 professional fights. You know who who is he to be in this fight? And then when he landed that fourth and showed the heart to take some of his toughest shots through the fight, you could actually almost see the narrative changing and want, almost willing him to win. I think um, whilst it's a loss on his record, I think he's absolutely uh, catapulted himself on that world scale, took a risk going over there, backed himself in, didn't get exactly what you want. But I think long-term that's, that's been um, outside of that world title. I think that's as good a result as he could have had for his career and for, for what's next for him, I think. Totally agree, mate. Look, we, we were talking about it this morning. If you're going to lose, you want to lose like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you don't want to lose. But you could feel it in the crowd. You could feel the, you could feel the, the atmosphere changing, you know, um, everyone cheering for Liam from sort of that round four and five. Uh, the Mexican fans absolutely loved his style. And that's another reason why we took the fight, because we knew that Liam would be able to give it to this guy. And even if we did fall short just that little bit, his stocks would rise. Um and, and and we nearly had one hand on that belt. He he, he had it in his grasp, but yep. um, Navarrete, all, all credit to him. You know, mm. he was um, he's a veteran for a reason. Um, and if if Liam, you know, was three, four, five, or even ten fights further down the line, he, he probably would have won that fight a lot easier. But he's learned a lot from it, and um, yeah, he's 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 in a good place this morning. That's good to hear, mate. And. Look, not to dwell on the loss too much, but it looks like No Limits have lodged a, uh, a formal complaint. <clears throat> What's the uh, the end game there? Tell us what actually goes on there. Is there any chance of like a rematch or can we get to a certain like end point with this? Or is it just sort of, I know it's about the 27 seconds, so something should be done about this. What What is the go there? Yeah, it's boxing, mate. It's, um, <laughs> I highly doubt anything will come from it, but we have to go down that path because mm-hmm. It is all you, all you ever want is a fair um, level playing field, and uh, all week, mate, there's just been some dirty tactics. Um, so it's disappointing in that in that aspect. But we're not expecting anything to come from it. As for the rematch, 
would love a rematch, but he's already booked in to, to fight Valdez. That, yeah. I think they already had scheduled that <laughs> they already booked the venue and, and the date and everything before Wilson even got in there. So yep. um, it's going to be hard to sort of go down this path again, but there's, there's the WBA title there um, with Garcia. The WBC's fighting next weekend for their title. So there's plenty of options out there now that the, the mainstream people know who uh, Liam is, and, I, and I'm sure the phone's going to be ringing and, and those opportunities are going to come. <laughs> You summed it up well, mate. It's boxing at the end of the day. And I, I look, I unfortunately don't think that they're ever going to admit to any wrongdoing because that just opens up a whole can of worms if they were to sort of overturn something or, I guess, admit that there was wrongdoing from the get-go. I, I think that, uh, like you said, it's more of just the the sentiment of we're not happy with how it was um, how it was handled. Um, we're going to put this in. But um, I think longer term, mate, it's probably not going to do anything, is it, really? Let's be honest. Mate, I met with the commission yesterday morning about the scales uh, yeah. drama, and and they listen, they smile, they nod, yeah. and then nothing, nothing comes from it. And you yeah, know that, that's just the way that it is. Yeah. Um, and in this instance, we're on the wrong side of it. Um, you know, if we're on the other side, for instance, and then it, it, we'd be thinking differently. So I get it, but it's just it's just extremely disappointing. And but we knew we were up against it coming here. Yeah. You know, we knew that we needed to knock him out. I saw the scorecards. I thought it was a lot closer than uh, yeah, what definitely. it was as well. Yep. Um, so we knew we needed that knockout, um, but it just it just didn't go our way, unfortunately. Unfortunate, mate. But, you know, as you said, the whole country is very, very proud of what Liam did. He should hold his head up very high. I know you guys are real proud of him as well. It's just nothing but, uh, nothing but up from here, I reckon. So, mate, we're really appreciative of you jumping on the show. It's great to have a chat, you know, and, uh, yeah, can't wait for the next chapter in Liam Wilson's career, mate. Yeah, no problems at all. And, and uh, Liam, thanks everyone for their support as well. You know, it means so much to him. He's an entertainer. That's what he's there for. It, it, it's his own detriment at times where he stands there and wants to tee off on people. But um, he does it for, for all of us. He likes yeah. to put on a show. And, um, yeah, we're all just so proud of him. No, we are too, mate, in all of Australia. If they didn't know about him and the world didn't know about him, they know about him now, mate. And, uh, yeah, please pass on. Uh, our best wishes to him and we look forward to chatting to you guys again soon. All the best, mate. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us on. Cheers, mate. Mako Shark, Steve Scanlon from Arc Sports. Uh, you can you, you understand why certain guys uh, carry the way they are and how good is how good a bloke is he and you can hear it level-headed, yep. not, nothing silly from him, just forward-thinking and looking for the next step for his man, Liam Wilson. You know, we love Scanners. He's a good fella and all the boys down there at Arc Sports Management, they're doing good things in boxing. So, look, it's going to be a big year for them no matter what happened yesterday. Mako Shark, it's, uh, it's now time for an odds update. Thanks to Neds. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The UFC returns to the Apex in Las Vegas on Sunday with a heavyweight main event between Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak. Spivak comes into this fight having won five of his last six inside the octagon and is the $1.40 favourite in our head-to-head market. This is the toughest fight of his career against an extremely dangerous knockout artist in Derek Lewis and that price seems incredibly short. 
Lewis holds the record for the most knockout wins in the history of the UFC. And despite losing his last two in a row, is the value play at $2.95 head-to-head. All of our method of victory markets are available, as is our same game multi. The main card starts at the unusual time of 4pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Sunday. And there are plenty of quality fights and betting opportunities available throughout. Neds are the official wagering partner of the UFC. Download the Neds app and take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Absolutely, mate. Great to have Neds on board. Very excited about that. But uh, even more excited now, we've got Sam Greco coming up after the break. Live on SEN, this is Them's Fighting Words with Matty C and the Mako Shark. Welcome back to Them's Fighting Words on SEN. Neds are the official wagering partner of the UFC. Download the Neds app and take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Mate, we're very excited now. We're here with the living legend himself. It's Sam Greco. He's live in the studio. How are you, mate? Really good. Really good, guys. Thanks for having us. It's, uh, it's fantastic to have you on, mate. We're, uh, we're really excited for UFC next week, uh, the big event in Perth. You're Jimmy Crute, our man's longtime coach. How excited are you for this, to see your man back in action next week? And I guess give us a little insight into how he's going. Yeah, first of all, I'm really excited that he's back on, especially on this pay-per-view event. Yeah. It's a mega show, you know, with Volkanovski uh, uh, headlining it. Um, look, it's been, it's been a long path. To this uh, 284, UFC 284, due to uh, a few injuries that uh, Jimmy's had. But um, you know what? It's just been building block after building block for this one. And um, I'm super excited to see this kid in action. He's totally transformed mentally and physically. He certainly has. We can tell, mate. He's mentally, I reckon he's in the best spot he's ever been. Physically now, getting that knee fixed, I think is probably the best thing that's ever happened to him. Obviously, having the last year out on the sidelines, getting that is obviously, it's a bad thing. But in the end, I reckon it's going to be a, a positive for him. How's he feeling? How's his uh, how's his mentality going into this fight? And uh, how excited are you for it? I first of all, I've never seen him uh, as excited as I have right now. He's um, like I said, we've made some uh, some big changes through our camp for this one here. It was twelve weeks, and um, we've set a new team in, um, of which everyone knows exactly what they're doing. So no one's sort of stepping on each other's toes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the communication, the transparency, the honesty, and everything else through the camp's been phenomenal. And um, He's got a clear head, and that's the biggest thing. He's got clarity, and he's going into this like a, you know, a raging bull, but a very controlled one. I think uh, when we had him on, he talked about the injury being a blessing. Um, and we've known him for a little while, but not long. But we even saw the shift, in, I guess, the way he's mentally um, seeming now. So it's like he's used the injury to sort of get everything else right because he's obviously got the ability, the talent, and you all knew that, and everyone as a UFC fan or fight fan knew that. But I guess now it's dangerous for his opponents because he's, I guess he's dialed right in, isn't he? Like he is absolutely, the, the transformation on him, um, unbelievable, mate. In, in, and I, I for one can't wait to see how he, uh, how he performs on Sunday. But it looks to me like it's a full package shift um, in everything he's done and he's absolutely roaring to go, isn't he? Yeah, without a doubt, it is a full package shift. You'll see an absolute different uh, Jimmy Crute, um, one who's actually, you know, physically and mentally in line uh, and at its peak. And um, like I said, you know, the injury, injuries do happen for a reason. Um, we believe so, and no one loves injuries, but unfortunately no. it happens. But it gave me a chance to reset and evaluate his life um, and the way he does things on a daily basis. And I always say to my guys, including Jimmy and anyone else out there, 
who I train, I always say, you know, don't worry about what you do in the cage or in the ring. Worry about, you know, your outside life because it says a lot about who you are on the inside of the ring. And, um, you know, he's made some dramatic changes without going into them. But yeah. He's a absolutely different person. As a coach, who has been with him for eight odd years. Um, and the kids like my son, you know, it's, um, it's quite heartwarming. Yeah. But also exciting at the same time. Yeah, so I know he's just, he's got every attribute. Well, I think needs. a lot of people have forgotten just how good Jim Crute really is. Like he come up in the sport, he was the next big thing. Everyone was excited, and then obviously he had a couple. He had a bad patch there. Obviously, the fight against Anthony Smith was a bit of a freak thing with the leg, the uh, the peroneal nerve they're calling it these days. Mm. Then he had the obvious. Uh, yeah, his knee was no good. He lost to Jamal Hill, who's now the champion. So that loss actually, you know, that's aged pretty well. But mate, I think a lot of people have forgotten how good he is, especially his grappling. He's a freak. On the mat, his jiu-jitsu and his grappling. I reckon a lot of people are going to uh, get a wake-up call. Yeah, no, 12. look, you know, definitely on the ground, he's one of the best around in the country and best one of the best in the world. Um, get him on a good day, let me tell you, you ain't going anywhere with him. <laughs> let me tell you, he'd just squash you right down on the floor, choke you out, make you tap or submit or yep. put you out. Standing up, his stand-up game is, uh, is just as good. So um, what you're going to see next week is a revived, brand-new Jimmy Crute and this is the Jimmy Crew that should have been. How do you, um, as a coach, and as a you're obviously a, a father figure and a mentor to him. How do you keep, I guess, and it's a it's a broad question, for, I guess, for all your fighters when you've got them. How do you keep that excitement level in check? I mean, it's been a big build up for him with the injury, and he, like we said, all the other things that led into it. It must be so hard to not just you know, with everything he's doing, just be building and, and almost fighting the fight before he's been. To the fight itself, I guess, how do you manage that aspect of the fight for, for you and your team? Because he would be just jumping out of his skin to get in there, but you've got to, I guess, manage those expectations of him and make sure he's absolutely cherry ripe for when that, that, that bell rings. I guess, what's the? how do you go about doing that with him and your fighters? Well, I've been fortunate to be a fighter myself. You yep. know, I've been in the yeah. game for, <clears throat> excuse me, for 40 years. And, uh, you know, so through my experiences, I sort of relay them onto him. But like I said, it's been a 12-week camp. And we just build things up slowly on, on a weekly basis. And when I feel that he's getting way, way too excited, I draw him back again. So it's a bit of give and take. Um, and not all training sessions and not all sessions are, you know, are fantastic. There's some ones that are just lulled. Just yeah. down. Mm -hmm. But we've got to make the best out of a terrible situation, you know, given, you know, that we're in camp. Because on the day, you might have a great day, you might have a bad day, but you still got to go to work and there's no two ways about it. So... It's through, I think it's just through the communication that we've had, really good communication with all the team that we've kept him in check. And yes, is he, you know, rearing to jump out of his skin? He is, but it's very controlled aggression. So that's yeah. what's important. Perfect. And I want to give a shout out. He's obviously been doing a lot of work on his stand up with Dave Hegarty down at Tarnate Boxing. He's a good man, uh, a great man to have him sort of, I don't know, sharpening his stand up a little bit, just fine tuning a few things. You guys all heading over to Perth. What day? It's Sunday now, so we're a week out. You head over tomorrow, do you? Yeah, we head over tomorrow. It's fight week. Um, the fight week starts on Tuesday. So, mm -hmm. you know, Jimmy will have some media commitments and a few other things. We'll get in some sharp training sessions. Not long mm -hmm. sessions, but it's all, it's all mental from here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Be hard work keeping all the, all the boys are heading over. I'm sure they're probably staying in the same hotel. 
Oh, mate, I'm sure they're all pretty dialed in, but gee, it must be uh, quite tempting for them to get a little bit loose, I reckon. Oh, no, look. Uh, <laughs> Leave that till Sunday. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And one of his uh, one of his great mates I found out during the week, the Duke of Canberra, unfortunately can't be there. Oh. So that might be a, a positive in a sense because Duke's uh, he's a, he's a great fella, but uh, likes to uh, push the boat out at times. Yeah, look, uh, it's a blessing that he's not going to be there. We'll get his support on the outside, but I'm glad he's not going to be there. I'm disappointed, actually. I was looking forward to a few frothies afterwards with the Duke. Yeah. Disappointing. Mate, well, just, yeah, well, we've got to get to an ad break in a minute. But, mate, we're going to have you on after the ad break as well. I want to talk a little bit more about your career because you clearly are one of the most decorated martial artists in history and especially this country. Mate, that experience, as you said, you've been in the ring yourself, you know it. Is that just what you, you draw on yourself for your fighters? Like they can look at you and go, all right, this bloke, he's done it all. So I'm going to listen to exactly what he tells me. I think, look, at the end of the day, I've often said this to people. It makes it, it, makes it a lot easier to teach people and coach and be a mentor and whatever else you want to be when you've actually walked the walk. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can talk the talk, you know? Yeah. That's so, the trust, I guess, the trust factor there as exactly. well. So it's not like footy, is it? Where you can be a good coach in other sports but not have played at the highest level. I think in something like this, the respect and the trust in what you say, because at times your life's on the line in there, theoretically, right? So you need to be able to trust who's telling you what to do at what points, even if it might be against your natural instinct or what you want to do. You've got to trust that person with your life. So I guess that's that's probably the big thing because you've had some of the, the greatest wars mm. in, in, in fighting history, you know, so he can go he can go to your well and your knowledge base, I guess, with that. Yeah, d- true. I mean, your life's on the line at any given day in the sport. It's it's un- it's unrelentless. It's, uh, it's unforgiving. So the importance of being honest and giving people the, your honest opinion of stuff that you've done is so you know, so important. Yeah, definitely. It's massive. It is. And uh, look, we're going to be over there in Perth next week. We're going to be going live as well. We're going to have a few secret guests for the listeners out there. So uh, yeah, make sure you're tuning in next Sunday for that. But uh, look, we're going to have Sam Greco on again after the break. If anyone wants to call in, got any texts, make sure you call in one 736 736 and SMS 433 But uh, yeah, we're excited, mate. So at the moment, we've got to take UFC to the Ned's level, gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We'll be back after the break with, uh, with our man, Sam Greco. Live on SEN, this is Ned's Fighting Words with Matty C and the Mako Shark. Welcome back to Ned's Fighting Words on SEN. Thanks to Ned's. Take UFC to the Ned's level, gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Mate, Sam... As we mentioned earlier, and as everyone out there knows, you are one of the great martial artists in this country's history. I'd love to just dig a little bit into your career. Like, you've done a lot. You've done everything. We're probably going to need two or three hours to cover it, <laughs> which we don't have. But take us through, like, maybe your the most proud moment in your career or potentially the, the best fight in your career or your toughest opponent. Just anything you've got. I reckon the listeners would just love to hear it. Yeah, look, uh, the story that I've, I've often said, one of the most memorable times of my career is uh, my WAKO world title fight against uh, South African champion um, Mike Bernardo, the late Mike Bernardo. Um, we lost him a few years ago. Um, yes, it was, uh, it, it was basically a fight that I had to fight the odds in and out of the ring. Um, I was in Australia doing my uh, fight camp here. and I, I sort of stepped away from Japan at the time just because I decided to do my fight camp here purely because of the distractions over mm. in Japan. So um, did my fine cap here with about two weeks to go. Um, I got an unfortunate call from mum saying that dad was ill. Um, mm-hmm. And he was admitted into hospital and required uh, heart surgery. 
Um, and at that time, even though my world title was important, everything just went yeah, straight out vanished. the door. Absolutely. Vanished. And um, I remember picking up the phone, vividly picking up the phone, ringing my coach, Paul Firefield. And uh, I told him the story and he turned around and he says, why are you even thinking about it? He says, family first. Mm -hmm. yep. Because we can fight for a world title anytime. Yeah. Irrespective of how big or how important it is, let the promoters worry about it. Yeah. You worry about your family. Definitely. And I was sort of caught between, you know, rock and a hard place. And I'm going, you sure? And he goes, yes. He says, you're not fighting. Just there and then. Just, just, dropped, just, just dropped the bomb on me. Did he? Yeah. And um, so, you know, I, I took that on the chin. I said, fair enough. And uh, I remember going in a hospital to see Dad. And it was the day before his operation. He needed a, uh, five bypasses done. So oh. I opened him right up. Yeah. So um, I remember walking in. And the first thing that Dad said, he was lying on the bed. And the first thing he said, he says, how's your training going, son? I said, <laughs> It's not that. No. He looked at me and goes, what do you mean? He goes, this is something that you've always wanted. I said, no, no, this is about you. It's not about me anymore. Yep. He says, two weeks to go. What are you doing? I said, no, this is it. You know, and um, yep. even the day before the op, I was in his room. And the first thing he said to me again was how my training was going. Because he <laughs> thought I was kidding. And I said, it's not, it's not that. I said, I'm worrying about you and you mm -hmm. only. And uh, once this is done and you're coming out the other side, I said, we'll consider it then. But otherwise, let's just worry about you. And... Um, I remember he went into surgery and he come out of surgery the, uh, you know, hours later and he looked like death warmed up. And I remember looking at him from the waiting room and oh, oh. it was terrible. It's, it really makes you evaluate life and what it's all about. You Absolutely. Know? And, you know, the importance of my world title just didn't exist. Doesn't matter, yeah. The thought didn't exist. It says a lot about when you're a parent, though, his first thought's not him himself. It's my son. Why aren't you fighting for the world title? And I'm a father now, and I'd be. I think just when you when you have kids, you you instantly change your thought process and everything about what you're doing for your kids. And it, that, I mean, you said he was death warmed up, and he was still thinking about your training, yeah, as opposed to what he was going through. Five bypasses, you said. So that that's just that that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is amazing, and you know, it really made me evaluate life. Just looking at you know the, this this body, my dad there on the table, he looked clinically dead, mm. you know, but he still had to come to and. Um, it was a relief when I did see him move and come two hours and hours later. And uh, I remember the day after the op, again, I walked in, yeah. said g'day to him. And what do you reckon he said? <laughs> How's training going? How's training going, Sam? Yeah. And um, as he got better, as the days got on, he got better. He, he said to me, he says, look, you've got to do me a favour. He says, I know how much you wanted this and how much it means to you. He says, I've come out the other side. Yeah. He says, I'll be fine. He says, but please do go and do this for me. Yep. And... Um, those words sort of stuck, but I still hadn't made up my mind because I had to run it by my coach. And my coach is pretty family orientated. And um, I remember ringing my coach, leaving the hospital. And I, just, I said, listen, Dad's with Dad's blessing, I said, uh, he wants me to go on and fight this world title. He says, how do you feel about it? And I said, well, you know, upon his blessing, I said, by all means. Yeah. But at the same token, I'm still worried about him because it's still, you know, early days. And he says, look... Let's give another day or two. Let's give, you know, say nothing <clears throat> to anybody at the moment. Give another day or two. We've still got a week and a half. He says, we can go if you have to. So I um, remember the following day, I rang him. He says, how do you feel? I said, look, I went to see dad. Honestly, I think he'll be more excited for me. Yeah. yeah. For himself if I do. It'd probably do help go. him. Yep. Yeah. So I did. I made the choice of leaving and uh, with a week and a half to go, I left and got to Japan and got back into the swing of things and everything was fine and everything was great. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, apart from, you know, my dad undergoing this operation, which I yep. used to call in daily. Yeah. Um, everything was perfect. And, um, like I said, with his blessing, I went on uh, and fought this fight. But, uh, I remember the day of the event, 
um, just trying to stay focused yeah. on what I had to do because I still am at the back of my head, you know. Yeah, yeah. Thank God, you know, good coaches are, you know, aren't good. They're great. You know, they really put you draw draw what they have to draw out of you and and get what they have to get out of you. And um, remember, he was talking to me and he says, "Hey, you've committed. Your dad wants you to be here. Yeah, we've done the work. There's nothing else. Let's go and enjoy ourselves." And that's the first thing he used to say to me: "Always go and enjoy yourself." So my instructions were quite simple against Mike Bernardo. He said, you know, go out there because he's a big puncher. He says, don't mix any more than three or four punches with him. Stick and move. He says, you're too fast. You're too strong for him. But just don't stand in front of him. Yeah. So as, as simple as those instructions were, I remember the bell going in the first round. And we touched gloves. And there I am picking him off. And all of a sudden, I just got in this flurry of punches that it felt so good hitting him, you know. So I got, you know, one, two, three. And I think on the fourth punch I went to throw, he just caught me with this beautiful oh, right no. hook in the first round. Oh, He'd no. be clean on the chin. Honest to God, if I can explain this, I hit the canvas like a cement bag. Yeah. And I was just, I, 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 I sort of conscious and half unconscious. And I remember all I heard was like a slur, the referee going, Two. Oh, God. You know, I sort of looked up and there was a light reflecting behind the referee and it was just like a black silhouette. And I'm thinking, okay, you've got to get up here, Sam. you really got to get mm -hmm. up. And my head, I was peeling my head off the ground, but my body wouldn't get off the ground. And by the count of six, I got to one knee, seven, I stood up. Honestly, and the referee looks at me and says, you know, are you okay? And I don't know any fighter to this very day saying, no, ref, I'm not okay. No. We go home, I'm <laughs> yeah. sick. Doesn't so happen. I go, yeah. And I was like a flag on a windy day. <laughs> You know, he goes, well, touch, you know, rub, you know, wipe your gloves. And I wipe my gloves and he goes, well, fight. And all it was, was just Mike Bernardo just come straight at me. And I remember throwing a punch and a kick and I slipped over. Um, not because I actually slipped, it's yeah. because my legs weren't there. Yeah, your legs so my legs weren't there. And I remember getting back off the ground. We exchanged one or two punches again and that the bell went and the sort of, he went off to his corner and I was going off to a neutral corner. That's how buggered I was. Yeah. That's how big the punch was. Yeah. And I remember going back and. Paul looked at me and he says to me, he says, what are you doing? He says, what did I say to you? And he reckons the first 20 seconds of him talking to me was like talking to a blank canvas. Yeah, yeah boy. There. Just, I wasn't there. And it took literally 20 seconds until I came to and, he, and I finally answered him. He says, mate, you've just been knocked out. It's a 10-8 round. He has nearly lost that fight. He goes, yeah. what's wrong with you? He says, you need to weather the storm here. Get on your, get on your feet. Get your legs back in the second round. Yep. He says, we'll go to work in the third and fourth mm -hmm. and fifth if it's to be. So I followed those instructions, which I did. By the end of the second, I've come back and I knew exactly where I was and I knew exactly what to do. He gave me my instructions again and I walked out and it was time to go to work now. There was nothing else I could do because I was already behind on points. And as I walked past him, the <clears throat> there was an announcement, um, time out, get ready to fight. And as I was walking off, my trainer, Paul Fifer, grabs my hand. He looks at me and says, <clears throat> excuse me, he says, uh, hey, and I look at what's up? He goes, time to go to work. He goes, your dad is depending on this. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Flick the switch. I cannot even tell you the feeling mm -hmm. that I have. I get emotional, you know, but yeah. my, just I had these gears and cogs going in my head. Yeah. 100 miles an hour in my gut, and I was just on fire. I was literally on fire. I walked out. I hit Mike Bernardo with everything. Mm -hmm. I was catching him with triple jab right hands. I was hitting him with back spinning kicks. I cut him open left, right, and center. We took it out to five rounds, but I yep. cut him open. Yep. And by the end of this, the guy who's been knocked down took a standing, you know, eight, eight count or standing 10 count and got back up to win a world title. 
it's undescribable. It's when I say undescribable, it's the feeling is just yeah. euphoric. It's just amazing. Is that the best feeling you've had? It, it is one of the yeah. best feelings I had because I've you know I come back from from nothing. I had everything walking in the ring. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I've lost everything, and I had to regain to come back up. And all the stress you've been through in the last few weeks, all the the emotions, definitely. And and you know what? It probably, when when I say, without those words, those those fighting words, you know, from my trainer and and everything else and the lead up, this would never have happened. You know, this never have happened. So it was one of the most glorified and one of the most memorable world titles um, that I've ever won. You know, I've won four, but that was, would be one of the most memorable. And how bloody pumped was your old man? Oh man, I got back. I put the belt around him when I when I come back to Australia. I couldn't wait to get back. Yeah. I couldn't get back quick enough to be nah. honest. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, and I guess Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Mike O'Shot, we know about the uh, the incident where you had a heart attack while coaching. And I mean, your first thought was your father in gym. So obviously, you know, the, the experience you had with your dad and seeing his selflessness for you, that's something that inadvertently might have just carried through. And you, you're obviously, you're at, you know, in a pretty bad spot having a heart attack at an event, but you, you, you didn't want to, I guess, uh, not be there for your father. So that's, it's amazing how that sort of is translated into your coaching career as well. It has, and I think you know, with, with fighters, we build this resilience and we build this strength mentally and physically. Mm. Um, sometimes our pain tolerance is that strong that it's no good. <laughs> it's, well, I say it's yeah. no good for you. And yeah. that's exactly where I was. I was at a point where I was in so much pain that I felt not once, not twice, but probably you know half a dozen times I felt like saying to the team, boys, I can't do this. But I just shut my mouth because I kept looking at Jimmy, and Jimmy's just about fight for a title. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I can't do this to him, so I put him first, and I yep. put everyone else first. And uh, look, I got through it. I was in excruciating pain. I was in so much pain, and thank God, you know, as soon as we finished, because I remember Jimmy saying, "Oh, we're going to take these photos," and I said, "No, mate, no, I got to leave. I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I really have to get out of here." And I remember walking in the back. I grabbed my keys and I threw them at one of my students. I said, go and get my car. I said, race me straight to emergency right now, triage. And to get, on, to, get to the triage at the Royal Melbourne Hospital on a Friday at midnight, you walk in, you see every conceivable person in there, oh, yeah. you know, who's drunk, who's split their oh, head, yeah. who's been bashed and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And me, meanwhile, me clutching my chest, trying to get in, in, you know, and people screaming at me saying, what are you doing? You're pushing in. I need emergency help straight away. Yeah, and, crazy. Yeah. Have you ever uh, given Jim a clip? Because he's always knocking blokes out early. And then the, the night you're having a heart attack in the corner, he goes five rounds, Jim. What are we doing? You know, that's probably one of the first, one of the only fights that I wanted him to finish early. But he, did, he just dragged me out. I think he was testing me. No, he's he's giving me clips rather than me giving him clips, I tell you. I, I'm sitting across from you and still an absolute picture of health. I, I reckon anyone that's in an emergency that's trying to have a go at Sam Greco oh, about mate, pushing you, I reckon... Right. I'd say, sir, where's the where's the red rope? You come straight in. So they were obviously uh, maybe sort of out of their minds doing that, Mako Shark. He's bristling in that T-shirt. Oh, mate, look at the seps on the fellow. <laughs> yeah, I wore Absolutely. the tightest one for you guys today. <laughs> Love it, mate. Well, we've got to get to a break. We'll, uh, we'll keep you around. We've got a few more things we want to talk to you about. But uh, 
Look, Neds are the official wagering partner of the UFC. Download the Neds app and take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Back after the break. Live on SEN, this is Them's Fighting Words with Matty C and the Mako Shark. Welcome back to Them's Fighting Words on SEN. Thanks to Neds. Take your seat to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Some huge news in the UFC today, Matty C. Uh, yes. The ultimate fighter, yes. Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. This is very exciting. Uh, yeah, this is what we've been waiting for. This is the matchup I've been waiting for a long time, actually. I think you, uh, you called for it. Week one of the podcast for this year, you said that would be a dream fight. Um, two men that uh, leave everything in there and are probably happy to be knocked out if it's falling on your sword. So uh, I think we've got some audio too from a big the, the announcement from Dana. Yeah, I think we do. We just confirmed the coaches for season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter. Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler will go head-to-head as the coaches of The Ultimate Fighter, Team McGregor versus Team Chandler. This season premieres Tuesday, May 30th, and runs through Tuesday, August 15th on ESPN The Network and ESPN+. Plus. Then, at the end of the season, McGregor and Chandler will fight live on pay-per-view, and I do not have a date or a location for that, but we will announce it soon. Mate, this is very, very exciting. Ratings are sure to skyrocket for this one. I can't wait. It's going to be fireworks. Sam, have you ever had anything to do with uh, the notorious Conor McGregor at all? No, not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> no runnings, no nothing? No. He no. definitely hasn't gone down the Jimmy get get the mental stuff right in no, his no. little break, Mako Shark. He, uh, he's one of the great tweet and deleters on this planet, I reckon. Right, on the yeah, different, yeah. If you're lucky enough, you might capture some of his... He's, he's late-night antics. I but reckon I'm... he needs to get rid of Coach Kavanaugh, bring in Coach Sam Greco. Would you bring him in to the stable? I'd bring him into the stable. I'd definitely change him. Yeah. <laughs> 100% you would. I reckon that is what he needs, a little bit of Sam Greco in his life. Oh, absolutely he does. Mako Shark, uh, we talked about it the other week with Glover Teixeira in his last fight at, I think, the, the age of 42 at the time. We've got Fedor fighting today at the age of 46 mm-hmm. for Bellator in his last ever fight. I mean... Sam, 46 years old at the elite level, how do, how do these guys do this? They're definitely just cut from some sort of one-off sort of silk, aren't they, these guys that can do that that long? Or is it just because they're obsessed and have to do it? Um, no, look, they're definitely cut out, you know, than that particular cloth you're yeah. talking about. But um, look, at 46, um, at the end of the day, as fighters, we we never want to give up. You know, that's never. the truth. But it's what your body can hold and what yeah. it can't. And Fedor's had, its, Fedor's had his prime. He's definitely out of his prime. Let's, let's, let's no get doubt. that right. No doubt, yep. Um, personally, I would love to see, would have been, loved to see him Fedor walk away a few years ago, you know, and remember at his prime Mm -hmm. and look, I hope tonight he wins. I'm a big Fedor fan. Um, but look at the end of the day, however it comes out, I don't think the performance is going to be as, uh. As nah. flashes, everyone it's thinks always the way be, with all yeah. the icons and the legends of the sport. Never really seem to get out when they should. I reckon always sort of goes one or two too many fights, and yeah, it does leave a little bit of a bad taste in I reckon everyone's mouth. But yeah, he is arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time. So if he can get a win against Ryan Bader, who is a very dangerous man as well, who's beaten him actually a couple of years ago, yeah, that would be a great send off. I reckon. Yeah, look, it would be a great, way, great revenge and great way to finish. Um, I'd love to see Fedor win tonight. Um, but like I said, may the best, best man win out of the two of them. But, yeah. you know, Fedor at his prime, forget it. Yeah. No one will get next to him. 
And we've got, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful day for fight fans. I love these days, but almost it's hard because you've got, there's boxing on with uh, Sky Nicholson mm-hmm. and uh, Avril Mathy, two Australians fighting over at Madison Square Garden. But yep. we've also got big uh, fan favourite, Derek Lewis, fighting at the Apex today against our man, Sergei Spivak. The big Spiv, man. We love the big Spiv. I like Derek Lewis, but I'm on the big Spiv, <laughs> I reckon. So, interesting fight. It's a pretty, it's not the strongest fight night card I've ever seen, but no. it's not actually at the very... Fan friendly time. I think it's seven o'clock tonight. The main card starts here in wow. Australia, which is quite good. So it's a rare that Sunday fight night. I hope people don't watch uh, their maths and all that, Mako Shark. Oh, it might, yeah. you, there, there might be some dramas in some marriages and some relationships. I think I'm cause... in a bit of trouble, actually. <laughs> it's, it's appointment viewing maths in my household on a Sunday night, so that's going to be a bit difficult, actually. If the Dale's listening, we're going to have the fights on. Sorry about that. Look, and uh, we always say gamble responsibly, Mako Shark, but I would suggest uh, Derek Lewis is a little bit of value, as Brucey would say, $3.40. I don't reckon uh, people are respecting uh, the big fellow who looks like he's in Korea Best Nick. Fitness-wise. He does look good. He does. So, yeah, I reckon Derek, he needs to get back on track, let's be honest. He's had a few losses now. So, look, if he loses to the big Spiv, do we start wrapping it up for Derek? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, what would you do, Sam, after if you were in charge of Derek and sort of he's had some sort of subpar performances? Um, if he had a big loss today, what would your suggestion be as a, as a coach of his if you were? Oh, you definitely go back to the drawing board and evaluate yep. what you want to do in the near future. But, um Look, you've got to know when to hold him and when to fold him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he's a sleeping giant. Let's not forget <laughs> that. He's a sleeping giant. Yeah. One and touch he, power. Yeah, he, it, that's the thing. He's not uh, He's not charismatic in certain terms of technically. No. But if he hits you, he's sending you to the moon. <laughs> yeah, you know? definitely. Well, yeah, make sure you're watching that. But we've got a big week coming up. Obviously, you head to Perth tomorrow with uh, Jim and the boys. We'll be heading over there a bit later in the week. We've got a big show coming up for everyone next week. We've uh, got a few guests. Haven't quite finalised it, but keep your eye on it, Matty. But if it's as what we think, this will be one of the all-time great radio episodes, Mako yep. Shark, with yep. the, the power of the guests. So we won't, we won't get too excited just yet, but if all things come off, it's a one not to be missed, Mako Shark, that we'll be doing uh, live in Perth. Yeah, we're fixing to bring the best air of radio Australia's ever seen next week. But look, it's going to be huge. UFC 284. We've got Alex Volkanovsky. He's looking to make history against Islam Makhachev. We've got our man Jim Crute kicking off the pay-per-view against Alonzo Menafield. That's going to be unreal. Can't wait for that. And all sorts of boys. Josh Coolabaud, Jack Jenkins, Jamie Malarkey, Tyson Pedro. They're all there. Jack Della Maddalena. I can't wait. This it's, event is going to be ludicrous. It's got the capacity, as I said to you um, in a previous episode, if all things go how we want them to go with all the Aussies and the Anzac guys winning, it could be one of the all-time live atmospheres of any sporting event in this country's history, I reckon, Mako Shark. That's how big I'm going with it. No, I'm going. I'm, I agree with you. I cannot wait. I am absolutely pumped. Sam, we appreciate you joining us this week. It's been an honour having you here. Good luck for this week. Thank you for having us. I can't wait to see what you guys produce. And uh, Neds are the official wagering partner of the UFC. Download the Neds app. Take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Please call 1-800-858-858. And we'll see you next week.